Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is The College Draft Podcast, which is always presented by betonline.ag. It is daddy soda time for the biggest week of college football all season. I am beyond excited. So many incredible games. It is, uh, it's off the chain. It really is. And we've got games for you to make sure you're focused on, on Friday at 10, Saturday at noon, Saturday night, 7.30. He is Matt Waldman, my guy. From the Rookie Scouting Portfolio, check him out on Twitter, at Matt Waldman. Check out his Rookie Scouting Portfolio, uh, MattWaldmanRSP.com. There are NFL teams that buy Matt's Rookie Scouting Portfolio. He is that good. It is that good. And frankly, college football this weekend is that good. It is going to be awesome. Colorado, Oregon, OU, Texas, Penn State, Iowa, just among the incredible games. LSU, Florida, Alabama, and Texas A&M should be insane. Speaking of insane, did you know that you can enroll in the Dos Equis College Football Football College? You get to learn from brilliant football minds like Jay Cutler, Martellus Bennett, Katie Nolan, John Bacon, the guy who literally wrote the book on college football. Not only will you win every football argument this season, you could even enter for a chance to win tickets to the 2020 College Football Playoff National Championship. Be the first in your family to earn a football watching certificate from a beer school. Enroll in Dos Equis College Football, football college at dosequis.com slash edu. Dos Equis, keep it interessante. Dos Equis beer brands, enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York, copyright 2019. Dos Equis beer brands, no purchase necessary. 50 US, DC, 21 and older only. Enter by 12, 2019. Full rules available on dosequis.com slash edu.
All right, Matt, let's start with Friday night, 10 p.m., FS1, some really good prospects in that Colorado-Oregon Pac-12 tilt. Let's start with a guy a lot of people say he's a first-rounder. We've talked about him before on this show. I don't know if you and I have, but uh, way back when, months ago, we talked about him. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, the wide receiver from Colorado. Yeah, I mean, he's an excellent athlete, and he's a guy that they use a lot both as – you know, a receiver deep as well as short. He's one of those guys that you want to get the ball in his hands in space because he can do an awful lot there, but they also can use him in the run game. Um, so he, But he's a guy that's kind of an all-around player, great short area quickness, good stop-start movement. He's someone that can really get free pretty easily on shallow routes, and he runs through contact extremely well. And then he also has a terrific catch radius, so when you throw to him in the deeper ranges of the field, he's someone that can go up and win the football. Um, you know, he's he's a little bit raw to me as a player in in terms of the the fine details of being a wide receiver. Um, I think he has to learn um, really more releases, um, more different types of breaks, so that he can really. Um, maximize the separation that he's going to get and become a more strategic player. Um, but I think from a physical standpoint, in terms of what he does, uh, you know, in the open field as a ball carrier, in terms of ability to handle the ball, make tough catches, and and be able to handle contact, um, there's a lot of promise to his game. Yeah. Is there an NFL count for him when you watch him, Matt? You know, I haven't worked on that one just yet, but I mean, you're looking at a guy who's in that 220 pound range um, and, you know, physical on that, on that level. I mean, I, I think of someone as a, you know, maybe even a better version of a guy than Quincy Anunwa, who was pretty big um, and pretty physical. Um, I'm sure that there are people who would love to see a more, you know, a more productive type of con- you know, comparison, but I think a, a guy who might be a little bit more promising than what we've seen from Anunwa and his flashes of goodness when he's been healthy. Got it. All right. What about some Oregon offensive linemen? I was pretty impressed by a lot of the things they did, at least early in the game, against Auburn in that opening week matchup. Let's start with the left guard, Shane Lemieux. Yeah, he's a fun one. You know, he's he's someone that one of the better guards in the country, um, many believe, and, and I can understand that. I mean, he gets his hands on defensive tackles quickly. He can torque those guys to the ground, really good leverage. He beats bull rushers pretty well. He can set up and wall off efforts well, uh, you know, with a good first step and approach. Um, he has some quickness to, in the second level in terms of short yardage situations, and I think he gets his hands under defenders pretty well. Um, and when you, you know, he did that to Auburn's code twice in the first quarter where he could really just torque guys to the ground. Good vision and tight traffic. He can peel off assignments well. I think he has fluid hips to redirect fast. Um, you know, he replaces his hands well. Um, to continue to work as defenders try and counter and get their hands um, off of him. He, he can get a little too upright and bold backwards, but I think he recovers pretty well and anchors with the bend at the knees pretty well. Um, he can get a little too aggressive. Um, he can get over his toes a bit, um, but I think he's going to be a guy that can be really effective um, in, in a couple of schemes, whether you want to use, say, an inside zone scheme um, or maybe a gap scheme where he can drive or pull. I think he has the athletic ability and the and the technical ability to do both. So I think he's going to be a valuable player in the NFL draft. 
And then the right tackle is Calvin Throckmorton. Man, they got some they got some good names at Oregon. They do. I mean, that sounds like a Michigan name, doesn't it? You know, when you get a guy <laughs> like Throckmorton. Um, but he's a you know, he's a guy that's played a little center and a little guard in the past. So maybe there's going to be some people who will find value in that he can, that he's played three different positions, but he's very smooth at right tackle in terms of sliding to the right. He gives a violent punch. He he has good location with his punches. Um, I think he's quick enough to give a meaningful one arm move inside or swing outside to give an outside arm to a backside rusher when they run rollouts. So he's versatile in terms of the rollout game. Um, I think he works inside well enough on outside zone and upfield um, to the second level, but not quite fast enough to tie up most of the linebackers or safeties if they're running screens. So like on screen plays, he's, I don't know if he's quite quick enough yet or going to be at this point. You know, you, I, you know, in that Auburn game, you watch him tie up and turn the likes of Derek Brown long enough for running back to get past him. That's pretty impressive. He's got a good first reach step followed with a strong bunch but I think he's a bit of a waist bender too much and overextends um, and he's going to need to move his feet a little bit better so that he can prevent den- defenders from crossing his face um, in situations where he really shouldn't have had to let them do that um, he can be kind of lumbering against some speedy edge rushers and I don't think he's very fluid at the hips um, so he's kind of vulnerable to inside moves because he's a bit slow when he goes to the outside um, so you know there's there's a lot of things to like about him, but I think there's going to be some things with him that might be a work in progress when he gets to that next level. Let's move on to Saturday. It is unbelievable how many good games there are on Saturday. So fired up. It starts with the Red River rivalry, Red River shootout, whatever. Oklahoma and Texas. And I've been waiting a while to hear your breakdown of Jalen Hurts, in particular based on what you've seen from him as a pro prospect so far this year at OU. Yeah, and he's been so much fun to watch this year um, because you get to see him in kind of a wide-open offense and being able to really cut loose some of the things that he does best. He's a, you know, at first when you look at him, he's got a you know an over-shoulder delivery, gets rid of the ball fast. Um, I think he sets his feet well on on short passes, and he throws well on the move. Um, I think he's also someone that delivers off platform um, with pressure coming in the short game pretty well. Um, and he's someone that also, I think, does a good job to find the open area of the pocket. He can shuffle his feet and slide to an open area with efficiency. Um, I think the accuracy on the move is pretty good in terms of the short and intermediate ranges of the field. And he's someone that will find the the second read against zone coverage in the middle of the field. And he's, and then of course, if you need him to run, he's a quick, tough, agile runner um, who's someone that can make big plays for you. Um, You know, for me, I think he can break the pocket a little too early when there isn't pressure um, or he'll work outside and create pressure. Um, It's interesting because the quarterbacks that they've had, at Oklahoma, as productive as they've been, they've all had this kind of issue, which is that they create their own pressure in the pocket if they don't get rid of the ball fast. Um, and and I think that he's someone that just doesn't understand his blockers leverage points or doesn't feel it well in the pocket as well as he needs to. Um, so he's someone that can overreact a little bit to pressure when he feels it 
he could take a little bit more incremental steps to so that he really owns that pocket. Um, and but really, I mean, this is a guy that I want to see a little bit more in terms of, you know, full field reads that you're not going to see as often at, at Oklahoma in terms of how how effective this offense is at being able to run a, you know, a quick game and to be able to make plays where he can manipulate or set up with one defender and move to another side and quickly get a big play out of it. But he has the arm you're looking for. He certainly has the mobility and he's a, he's a tested college player who has, you know, been in big situations. And I think that, you know, the things that maybe what we haven't seen at Oklahoma, you'd go back and watch a little bit more with a fine tooth comb at Alabama and see if you can kind of fill in the gaps a bit. That was going to be my other question about him, Matt, was just how much better is he at Oklahoma than he was at Alabama, and how much of that do you think is is actually Jalen versus being in Lincoln-Riley's system? Yeah, I mean, I think that you see Jalen getting to be more of his athletic best in Lincoln-Riley's system. I also think that because of Lincoln-Riley's system, you get a chance to see him be a little bit more aggressive in certain ways that are going to be successful because of how they spread the field because of um, some of those quick hitting plays. So it's kind of a, a, I think from a, I think from a physical standpoint, you're going to be more impressed with him when you watch the Oklahoma tape, but I think the subtleties of his game probably will show up a little bit better on the Alabama tape. Um, And even if it's, and even if you're seeing things that aren't good on the Alabama tape, I think it gives you a little bit more of a complete evaluation of what he is as a decision maker. And I think that that's where he has, you know, he's been okay, but I think that he needs to get a little bit better in terms of manipulation, in terms of being able to find, you know, that second or third man. All right, let's get to his running back, uh, Trey Sermon. Yeah, I like Trey Sermon. I think he's an intriguing player. Um, and one of the things that I, that I really like about him is that he's one of these guys that at about 224 pounds, he moves like he's about 200 pounds. Um, he's someone that he's, he's, he's a guy that I would call kind of a run bender than a hard cutting back and guys who could really bend well in terms of kind of, they, they run with what, um, people call curvy linear movement. Um, and it's, and it's one of those things that you think of like a motorcycle kind of bending a corner and Trey Sermon has that kind of skill. Dalvin cook, um, the great Barry Sanders, those were guys who, who were really good curvy linear movers. And so he's a guy that can lose, he loses very little acceleration as he's, as he's working around people because of that. Um, he's, he's a strong guy with great location on his stiff arm. Um, I think he's someone that as a pass protector, he's going to slide across the, uh, across the pocket and he's going to be able to, you know, stick his face right into the chest of a defensive end coming off the edge and, and work very well to square and uppercut with his hands. So I love his pass protection. Um, and he's someone that can, can really transition from, you know, outside going east, west to down to, to downhill very quickly. So it makes him effective in the outside game as well as the skills that he has on the inside game. Um, and, and I think that he's someone that if he can improve a little bit more in the passing game, I think he's good in the short passing game, but I think there's some promise for him to be even a little bit more effective receiver down um, downfield. I think this guy could be somewhat surprising because he gets overshadowed by guys like Brooks, who, 
you know, who, who was there and then, you know, who's there right now at Oklahoma. And then a guy like Roddy Anderson, who started last year early on, who, who was, you know, who's going to be the star. And then you had Mixon before that. So Sermon's one of those guys that may not have a high profile, but he's a, he's a good back who's going to make it on an NFL team. As for Texas, I know you wanted to chat about their center. I like it. It's been a while since Texas had really any good offensive linemen. How about Zach Shackelford? Yeah, you know, he's 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 someone that begins low pretty well. He's someone has very good feet. He can kick slide. He can work in the position where he can help either, um, you know, any of the type of games that defenders play in terms of twists or different types of loops or stunts. He's someone that, you know, gets in position well on double teams, so defenders have a tough time splitting him in the guard. Um, he has strong hands. He locks on well. Tough dude who can really get under the arms of a defender and torque those men. Um, he's nimble enough to move backwards and earn strong hand, hand plates under the elbows of defenders so he can prevent bull rushes and, and still then anchor quick enough that he doesn't give up too much space in the pocket. Um, he's had some foot and ankle injuries, so he's missed some games due to that. Um, so, that, you know, at the combine, they're going to check on on the health of, of those areas. Um, but he's good, you know, in terms of countering in the position, still shows decent lateral movement. He, he has a good awareness in terms of picking up green dog blitzes. He, you know, he's quick to the middle linebacker off of combo blocks. And he's almost sudden in terms of his movement there. Um, you know, one thing is he plays on his toes enough that he he can get countered with spins or or when he's working towards um, you know second level on the run, he can be a little too aggressive. But this is a this is a tough, smart, aware guy, um, and I like what I see from him. Got it. Okay. Well, I know Herb Hand is the offensive line coach down there at Texas, and he does a good job. So. Um, I'm not surprised that Texas is starting to have some good offensive linemen. Just out of curiosity, I don't know, how much have you studied Sam Ellinger? I have, and we talked about him on the show a few weeks ago. It's been a while. We've been through a lot of guys. But, yeah, he's a he, he's a fun pocket player who I think plays tough in the pocket, and um, he's certainly going to get a chance in an NFL camp. So, that, so you don't think he's more than that, though? Um, I think he's a – I think he's somewhere borderlines, you know, probably more of a second contract opportunity as a starter, I think is his upside right now. I think we're going to probably, you know, I'm going to have more to watch with him, but that's kind of where I have him right now based on what I've seen, you know, with his tape. Got it. All right. Saturday night, it is Penn State and it is Iowa. A uh, bunch of pro prospects in this one, including some good defensive linemen. How about uh, AJ uh, Epinesa, the defensive end from Iowa? Yeah, this is a powerful guy. He is very good at setting the edge and very sturdy. He has heavy hands, and he's someone that's going to, you know, has an excellent bull rush. He converts speed to power um, to really get guys pushed back into the pocket. Um, I think he gets his hands up quickly at the line of scrimmage. He has a rip. He has a good um, ability to dip his shoulder and flatten. Um, he doesn't do that as much as you'd like to see. Um, the same thing with his, you know, bend and burst. I'm not sure how much bend and burst he has to work the edge. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more from him doing that. He has a decent slim move. Um, but I think he gives up his chest a little too easily. Um, and he's someone that, you know, you look at him and, and I think 
he doesn't have a great plan when his first move doesn't work as a pass rusher. Um, I think he's a much better run defender than he is a pass rusher, but he has potential as one. And if he can show a little bit more with that bend and burst off the edge, he's going to be an awesome player um, in the NFL in terms of an all-around guy. If not, I still think he's going to um, be a, a very coveted run defender in the NFL. Uh, yeah, I'm, he actually played in the uh, U.S. Army Bowl that, I, that I've called every year for the last, I don't know, four or five years. He was really impressive. I mean, really, really, really impressive to see how well he well, – I mean, he was already very built, good with his hands. His dad played, I believe, defensive line at Iowa. So one of those families where he learned it early. Curious to get your thoughts – on their quarterback, Nate Stanley. Yeah, you know, obviously he had a rough week last week, but heading into that game, he was playing really well. And he's a player that I I like the mobility in terms of he's kind of a chain mover in terms of his ability to break the pocket. He's a big guy with a strong arm. Um, and he's someone that has, you know, he plays from center. So you see some decent footwork with his drops of all different varieties. He's someone that will check down in rhythm. He can read the the width of the field and then come back to a player on the opposite side of where he, um, you, you know, from where he started. He'll go back to where he started and, and find that check down. I think he has a lot of different maneuvers in the pocket to avoid pressure, so he buys time well. And I just want to see him show a little more anticipation on shorter routes. Um, you know, he doesn't manipulate the field as well when he's working uh, in zones where he's, you know, where he has two receivers on one side and he can telegraph his intentions a little bit too much. Um, his play fakes can be a little bit better. I'd like to see him I find the coverage a little earlier when he's getting pressured up the middle or when he knows there's a threat of interior pressure before the snap. And I think the most dangerous thing about him is that I think he can stare down receivers in, the comp- in either compressed zone windows or in compressed areas of the field like the red zone, where that can be really dangerous when he doesn't do that as much, you know, in the open areas of the field between the 20s. Um, there's, a, there's physical promise. There's some technical promise with his game. I just think conceptually is where I have question marks about him. But the NFL seems to value guys with, that, with the physical, technical, and the intellect. Um, but that intuitive part is kind of the final frontier of, of quarterback evaluation that can be difficult. And so it's going to be interesting to see how teams value him heading into draft season. He was, uh, he was actually pretty awful against Penn state last year, like unbelievably bad, which was weird because (laughs) I had seen him play well in a bunch of other games, you know, three and four touchdowns, which you don't see from the Iowa quarterback a lot. And I was pretty impressed, but he honestly could not have been worse against Penn State last year. They should have won that game uh, if he had played even just okay in that game. Yeah. And then last week, it sounds like I didn't get a chance to watch much of it, but it sounds like he wasn't very good last week against Michigan either. Yeah, I mean, multiple interceptions in that game. And it's one of those things that it, it, it can come down to that he just stares down parts of the field that he shouldn't certain types of pressure. He just, he, he doesn't locate the defenders dropping in ways that he needs to. And it's, it's part of it is just 
you know, the typical part about quarterbacking is that when you have to rely on, on kind of a feel for where people are on the field and execute confidently based on what you see with that quick bit of information, doesn't matter how much whiteboard intelligence you have or how good your technique is or how physical you are. If you're not just intuitively, you know, responding to what you see well, the game just goes by you. And I think that's what happens to him. Finally, let's get to uh, Penn State defensive end. Etor Gross Matos coming off a game in which he had a couple of sacks against Purdue. I love this guy. And I know that he has work to do in terms of he needs to build some muscle mass. I think he has to learn how to take on guys uh, at one shoulder or the other rather than taking on the whole guy. And that because what happens is if he, when he takes them on head on, he ends up getting moved out of plays or controlled pretty well. But put that aside because physically, I mean, He's long and lean. He, he's someone who has good quickness. I love the flexibility in terms of his hips and feet because he's someone that can really bend and take and get those first two steps upfield and then be able to bend and flatten and turn the corner very well. He has a sudden push-pull move. I think he has, a great, he has great skill to be able to become great at setting up defenders outside or inside. I think it's a very good inside counter. Um, and he's someone that can set up, um, you know, defenders who are trying and get them to overextend and, and then be able to, to work the edge and set the edge um, to be able to get the defender in the backfield. Um, he's someone that I think, um, you know, in terms of the first two steps, is, is really nice, and he has a heck of a throw by. He can vary his stride lengths well to set up defenders. And, you know, I just think there's a lot of promise with him um, in terms of how he can get off the line low and shoot gaps and how he can set up angles. And if he can use his hands better and have a little bit better strategy, I think this guy can have a heck of an NFL career. I can't wait. You know, his uh, the other defensive end, Shaka Tony, who's – uh, lighter, uh, but really explosive. He had three sacks against Purdue. They're going up against those Iowa offensive tackles who are really good players. So I can't wait to see that. Tristan Wirfs, in particular, the right tackle, is a total stud for Iowa. So that's I would imagine there will be a good amount of NFL scouts at that game watching those guys you know, one-on-one and seeing who gets the better of, of that matchup. So should be a really, really fun one to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Matos had, had some pretty good efforts against Iowa last year, and he's got a great motor. And so it's going to be fun with a guy with that kind of potential and that kind of intensity facing the quality of play, players they have at Iowa. Love it, Matt. I am ready, and I love that our listeners all now have their watching, their homework, if you will. It's basically homework. Matt is telling you who to watch in different time slots. Love it. Well done, Matty, as always. And basically, if you've got any information from Matt that you think is worth a little wager, go to betonline.ag, use the promo code PODCAST1, you get a 50% 5-0 welcome bonus. And then when I win the Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge, I get to put $100 in five of your accounts. But you have to have already had an established account number. So don't blow this, dudes. 
Make sure you know what you're doing. Make sure you get the established account number. That is the key. BetOnline.ag, the promo code PODCAST1, you get a 50% welcome bonus. Other than that, awesome Power Rankings Tuesday, which I think you'll enjoy. Fantasy Feast coming out a little bit later today with Joe Dolan. Hopefully you're listening to both of those shows. Remember, you can get the Madden if you just rate and review the shows and send me the screenshots, ross at rostucker.com. I think we're done here. The keg's kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.